Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You have your Bibles? Let's go to the book of Matthew tonight. We started a series just here lately on, on discipleship because he said, go into all the world and not make converts, but make disciples. And so we, we just believe it is time uh, in our lives to go to a greater level of disciples. Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to be studying, and there's such a call to study the life of Christ. How many of you know that Christ was and is the greatest teacher that has ever lived? And, and for a man... For me to get up here or anyone to get up and even touch the words of Christ, it's a humbling experience because His words are living their life. They're His breath. And it's such an awesome thing to think that when we handle the Word of God, that His Word is incorruptible and it cannot pass away. And when we read the Word of God, we've got, we got to get a revelation. We've got to see this. I was, it was in the message and I was meditating on it today. When, when Jesus told the Hebrews and He told the Romans... He told the Pharisees, the Sadducees, destroy this body. And on the third day, I'll raise it up. What he was really saying, you can't destroy what I made. If you made me, you could destroy me. But since you didn't make me, you can't destroy me. I'll lay my life down, but I'll raise it back up. Because I made it, I can raise it up. And I started thinking, that's the same way with the Word of God that you're handling tonight. And by the Word of God that we live. Since He made it. And He spoke it. It's the greatest words that ever is and the words that ever will be. And His words cannot pass away. And when we think about the, the awesomeness of the words of God, and we think about when Jesus came, and we're going to start this, this word tonight, when Jesus came through Galilee and Samaria, and He was teaching the Word of God, at that moment, all the men of that time were just quoting what other men had written. Everything were quotes. Everything was old and everything was unoriginal. But when Jesus came to town, the author and the one who spoke the words from the beginning, the author, the same mouth that spoke it in Genesis was the same mouth that was speaking it in the midst of the people. And every time we read this Word of God under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, the same mouth, the same unction, breath, inspiration that the Holy Spirit gave the writers of old is the same Holy Spirit present to cause this Word to come alive in you and around you every time you open it up. It's the Word of God. It's the awesome Word of God. And when we truly take it and we consume it and we're hungry for it, it'll work for our lives. And that's what Jesus was trying to teach us here in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. And this is the Amplified Bible. I've got to slow down here. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Amplified. For that time Jesus began to preach, crying out, Repent! Everybody say repent. repent. And we're going to study this word because a lot of people say, Oh, I know I need to repent. I've got to say some Hail Marys or something like that. No, this is not that word. The word repent means, the Amplified Bible even tells what the Greek word says it is. Change your mind for the better. Amend your ways and abhorrence of your past sin, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he goes into chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, teaching the laws of the kingdom. And we're going to see here, he sat down with his disciples and the multitude that he had compassions on. So Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, 
was truly the disciple teaching, the, the teaching for the disciples that Jesus gave and that we're going to be studying. Now, I want you to write down some, some definitions and also the CD is going to be available. Repent means to change the old mentality. To change the old mentality the way we think. To change the old mentality the way we think. And, and I want you to write this down as I give it to you. It means change your philosophy. And this is the, the big word that is used here in the word repent. Change your philosophy. Now, I want to give you the definition of the word philosophy because it comes from two Greek words. How many knows what phileo means? Love. So the first part of philosophy or a philosopher is the word phileo, which is the word love. So I want you to write down philosophy, phileo, love. And then I want you to write sophie, S-O-P-H-Y, the last part, philosophia, uh, philosophy. It means, so sophie means understanding and knowing. So what is a philosopher or a philosophy? It's this. I love what I know. I love what I understand. And Jesus was coming and saying, I want you to fall out of love of the old way and I want you to fall in love with My way. Listen to this. It means to love what we know and to love our way of thinking. Philosophy. To love what we know and love what I think. And that's where you get into the religious spirit that he was combating so hard. You've got to lose the knowledge that you pride yourself in of knowing. Oh, I love that I know the Ten Commandments. Oh, I love that I know the, the Torah and the law. Oh, I love what I know. He says, yeah, you love what you know so strongly, you don't even know, according to John 1 and 2, that the Word was made flesh to come and give you the living Word of life, but you refused it. You ever heard somebody say, oh, he just likes to hear himself speak. Philosopher. Philosophy. Oh, I love what I know. I love knowing what I know. And Jesus came as, as someone to bust through and say, it is time to fall out of love, of loving what you know, and fall in love with something new which comes from the kingdom of God because it will take you to a whole new level. A philosopher thinks and speaks his own thoughts. A philosopher thinks and speaks his own thoughts. And a philosopher has his way of seeing things. And that's what Jesus was combating so strongly was that religious spirit was that uh, you're not, I don't know, I don't care who you call yourself. I don't even care how many miracles you do. I love what I know and nobody's going to change the way I think. And that happens so much to humanity, even to Christians today. You are not. Nothing you say is going to convince me to believe what you're saying. 
But signs and wonders have not passed away. I love what my grandmother taught me in Sunday school. And there is no way you're going to change my mind because I love what I was taught. Jesus says, repent. Change your philosophy. Don't be so much in love of what man has told you. Fall in love with what I want to tell you. Man doesn't live by anything but the Word of God. Amen. So he, the Spirit of God came upon Jesus to show us not the world's point of view, but His point of view. And if we allow Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to work within our philosophy, our way of thinking, which we are in love with, then we will fall in love with the message of the kingdom of God and our lives will be changed and transformed. Why? Because how many of you know what I love is what I believe? What I speak is what I believe. So if I fall in love with the Word of God based on what I believe, I'm going to get the results. What I'm in love with and what I believe is going to give me the results. Whatever you believe, you shall have. Amen. So we see here the importance of uh, we've got to have the faith to believe. That explains, it also explains the Word of God. Not everyone hears. Not everyone sees. And not everyone believes. I was ministering to this man in Mississippi many, many years ago, back in the 80s. Uh, I was still a mission. I think we were still missionaries in Central America. And I was invited to go pray for this man. And he had tumors all, all over on his head. And we went in there and they were praying some prayers with him. And I was just sitting there and the spirit of God came in that room. And he, he had a TV tray that you eat on in front of him. And he had his head laying down and you could see stuff oozing out of the cancers on his head. And he was in such pain. And he, 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 couldn't, he, have, he had not picked his head up in, in I don't know how long. And the glory of God hit that room. I started sharing some things with him, and the power of God hit him. And for the first time in a long time, he raised his head, and he started praising God and rejoicing. And I grabbed him by the hands, and I said, Brother, the glory of God is upon you. And he jerked his hands away from me, and he says, Oh, no, the glory is only for God. And his head fell back down, and it wasn't long after that he died. So many times we are in love with things that sounds so religious. We're so in love with what I believe that makes me feel and look good. And it may not be the truth that can set me free. Jesus came to break man's philosophies. Look with me in Acts chapter 3. You'll save yourself in Matthew chapter 4, but look in Acts chapter 3. Because he's going to be giving us the, the laws of the kingdom. And I want us to be entire wanting nothing. How many wants the, the uh, point of view of the kingdom of God? Amen. How many wants the point of view of the kingdom of God? Amen. Amen. Matthew 3, verse 19. This is the Amplified Bible. It says, so repent. And once again, it says, change your mind and purpose. Change your philosophy. Change what you are so in love with that you think is truth. Turn around and return to God that your sins may be erased. And times of refreshing, recovering from the effects of the heat of reviving and fresh air may come from where? The presence of the Lord. Amen. So how many of you know that he is saying, listen, stop being a philosopher or, or stop being 
Pastor, stop having sensitive hearing. Well, I can believe that, but I can't believe that. I've heard that, but I can't buy that. Jesus came repenting, saying, Stop being so selective in your hearing and just receive the words of truth. And there's authority that will come upon the Word even as you read it, even as we're going to see here in the words of Christ, the authority coming upon the Word that is going to have so much impact on your life in the name of Jesus that we're going to stop and we're going to see how this leads to tearing down strongholds because we're going to stop loving or, or stop lifting up or stop glorifying things that we might have thought was true. Even strongholds we might have thought about ourselves that accept the kingdom's point of view and be disciples of the kingdom of God and that the kingdom of God will be manifested because there is a group of people who have decided I will cast my old manner of thinking and I will accept the thinking and the ways of the spirit that cannot be contaminated or cannot be pulled in any direction from man because I am getting it from the Holy Spirit who is my guide and teacher through the word of God. Amen. So we see here, not to be selective hearing upon our beliefs, but to discern our motives and convictions and directions of actions. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. I'm just laying the foundation. Of course, this is the third week. But, uh, but we are next week getting into the wonderful message of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, and I know you may say, I've done heard about the Sermon on the Mount and everything. Listen, we are going to get in it every way we can because that is what Jesus taught His disciples. And I want to walk as a disciple of Christ. Now it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That one of the definitions for stronghold is an established idea. An established idea in the mind that controls my action. Philosophy. An established idea. You ever heard people say, you ain't changing me. We used to say when I was a kid, Baptist bred, Baptist born, and when I die, be Baptist dead. (laughs) Ain't no change in me. And when my parents got slain in the spirit and started speaking a strange language, I called them fools and thought they'd done lost it. But two years later, after I was raising my big toe and that was dancing, and I scratched my sideburns. I had Elvis Presley sideburns. I was scratching my sideburns and that was raising my hand. But watching Catherine Kuhlman and getting a prophecy and got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it stopped, I stopped fighting philosophy and fell in love with the Holy Ghost. And all that the Word is. And that's why someone says, I don't believe in that. Well, you didn't experience. Because I do. And it says here, strongholds, an established idea in the mind that controls my action. It's a mindset. A stronghold is anything that holds me back from believing or acting on God's Word. A stronghold is anything that keeps me back from believing or acting on God's Word. A stronghold is believing or acting against what God says in His Word. And it's those things that I've got to break. In Jesus' name. A stronghold holds me back from believing. Psalms 23, 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen. So strongholds, you need to write this down. Strongholds set limitations. Strongholds set limitations. Strongholds set limitations. Oh, I'm so unworthy. 
Or how many times does I can't do that? That's a stronghold. That's a limitation put on there by, by something false that's not out from the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God's point of view, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are made worthy. The blood says you're worthy. There's deceptive strongholds. Is when I embrace the lie or reject the truth. That means to establish pat- patterns of conduct, thoughts, and old habits. Philosophy strongholds or religious mentality. Man's wisdom. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. The Amplified Bible. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel, the gospel of the glory of Christ the Messiah, who is the image and likeness of God. The God of this world. I mean, a religious spirit has a lot to do with the spirit of pride. How many times people could get breakthroughs if they just humble themselves and say, you know, maybe I am wrong. Please tell me about this. Tell me about that. Spirit of pride means I love what I know. I love how I understand it. My parents understood it that way. My grandparents understood it that way. And you are not going to make me understand it any different way. I am not going to betray them. But Jesus came and He was... He came upon the hard, barren ground of Israel where everybody was quoting the prophets of old. And he says, I've come to complete everything and I've come to tell you something. I'm not downgrading Abraham, your father, and all the others after him. I'm saying I'm the completion of all that they were the shadow of and I'm the completion of all of eternity. And I am the truth who've come to set you free. I've come to reveal to you the heart of God. And, and the pride would say, you're not changing me. I, I'm not going to, no, 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 I'm not going to be one of them uh, Christ followers. I'm not going to follow this wild man. I'm not going to be uh, sleeping in the mountains. I'm not going to be doing these different things. I'm not going to be believing these things that you are saying. And even these miracles you're doing by Beelzebub. Because the spirit of religion had blinded them to where even only God could do. And they believed in miracles. But when a man did it, preaching a different type, the philosophy of heaven, they could not let go of the old philosophy that they were in love with. Hmm? Strongholds of pride, the way we look at things, the way we feel ourselves exalted, building our own kingdom. We cannot learn because we're unteachable to God's ways and we will not change. Psalms 139.2, David said, You understand my thoughts afar off. How many times in the Word of God did we read it's written? Jesus said, and it says, and Jesus knowing their thoughts. I got news for you right now, everybody in here. Right now, Jesus knows your thoughts. At every moment of our time. Jesus perceiving what they had thought. Oh, that's an eye opener there. And Jesus knowing their thoughts. And Jesus, knowing the thoughts that Satan had put in Judas Iscariot's heart, said, go and do what Satan has put within your heart. He knew the thoughts in Judas's heart, and it led him to be crucified. But he didn't stay dead. Glory be to God. 
Oh, hallelujah. I'm not changing the way I see it. Holy Spirit, if I don't see it the way you see it, I want to change the way I see it. (laughs) I want to be teachable. I don't care if it's something that I have taught since 1981. If the Holy Spirit says that is truly not what I'm saying, then I want to change what the way I, I'll go throw my own messages away. I want the fresh man of heaven. Yeah, that's right. I want to hear from heaven. I don't want to be one of those that he will say, "You hard of hearing, he that has ears, ears, let him hear." What the Spirit is saying, what the Scriptures are saying. Amen, church. You see why not everybody comes on Wednesday night? Because Jesus discerns our thoughts, but He's discerning their thoughts at their house too. Thoughts means actions, habits, character, and destiny. For as a man thinks, so is he. That's your destiny. Look back with me in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And I promise you in no way is this going to be boring. You're not bored, are you? Matthew chapter 4, verse 17 Repent, for the kingdom of heaven. Jesus went about preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was saying, change your mind and way of thinking. Change your philosophy, because the kingdom of God is another philosophy. You are in love with your ideals and thoughts, but now is the time for a change. Look right over when he finishes the Sermon on the Mount. Look at Matthew chapter 7, 28, what it says here. In Matthew 7, 28. Matthew 7, 28. When Jesus had finished these sayings, the Amplified Bible says the Sermon on the Mount, the crowds were astonished. Say astonished. And overwhelmed with bewildered wonder at His teaching. For He was teaching as one who had and was, not only had, but was authority, and not as did the scribes. They were astonished. Write down the definition of astonished. I want to get on TV and preach this. They were astonished. We're talking about philosophies. You know what that word astonished means? He caused a disturbance in their way of thinking. He came as a revolutionist. And he disturbed what they had been believing. We don't believe that. I didn't come here on what, based on what you believe. I've been sent here as the incorruptible seed of the Most High God. Adonai Elohim has sent me as His representative. I did not come here to fulfill what you believe. I came here to fulfill the Word of God, which is for today and is alive. He stood up and the Pharisees was throwing dirt and ashes in their hair. And they were getting mad. And they were wanting to stone Him. And they were wanting to lead Him away to be stoned. And they were all angry. And He says, you're angry, but yet I speak the truth. But that's not what our fathers taught. I can raise stones to do what your fathers thought. Because you're just as hard-headed as stones. The word astonished means a disturbance. Or an alteration of the normal condition. 
Oh, we're going to do church as normal. Holy Ghost says, well, then I'll go somewhere else. Hello, church. Welcome, disciples. It's the Word of God. I challenge anybody to find it differently. They were astonished at Jesus' teaching to the disciples in such a way what they believed was altered. We're going to hem it up a little bit in here. We're going to tighten it up a little bit in here. But that's not what we call church. Loud music, lights, flags, dancing, this, that, and the other. Well, we don't come to what you call church. We come where two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus. And whatever happens, we're going to glorify the name of the Lord. We didn't come to have church as normal. We didn't come to satisfy ourselves. We came to glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They were astonished. This ain't normal. He's disturbing what we believe. The condition of the mind. The pattern of thoughts. When you hear Jesus, and this is... They were hearing... When you hear Jesus... Not when you hear me. People are not changing because they're hearing the man. But when you live in the Word and you live in prayer and you live in the Spirit and you stop hearing the man and you start hearing the the man from Galilee behind the man. And when you start hearing about the one who was dead but now is alive and you start hearing the Spirit of God, when you start hearing Jesus... There will be an alternation. There will be a change from the normal. You cannot stay the same when you hear the words of Jesus from Jesus. There will be a change. Why? He's a revolutionist. You know what a revolutionist? He comes in. There's either two things that will happen with a revolutionist. Disciples. You either submit or you either rebel. When a revolutionist comes in, there's only two things you'll do. Either submit or rebel. And in some countries, if you rebel, they kill you. Well, a disciple means we're already martyred. I'm already dead. Hallelujah. I might preach this Sunday. Matthew chapter 5. Look at this. Matthew chapter 5. I'm just laying the foundation. Because this is Jesus' teaching and I reverence it. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain when he was set, he was seated. His disciples came unto him and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Jesus started teaching the disciples. He started giving them the mind of Christ. It starts off in verse 3 by saying, blessed. Write this word down, blessed. It's not what you think. It's the word M-A-C-A-R-I-O-S. This is what the word blessed there means. Something big or of long duration. Something big or of long duration. When I got a hold of Jesus and I got a hold of His Word... I didn't have to go back into the world since I was six years old. I became blessed because I was poor in spirit. And heaven came down and glory filled my soul. 
And hallelujah, he gave me something of long duration. This Christianity thing isn't something I'm trying. This is something that is, that was, that is, and will ever be. This isn't something that I'm trying. I'm not trying the Holy Ghost. I'm not trying the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm not trying the Word of God. I'm not trying church. I am the church. I am the temple. I am filled with the fullness of God in Christ Jesus. Well, that makes a difference. That word means something bigger of long duration. Spiritually prosperous with life, joy, peace, in God's favor, completely satisfied. Completely satisfied. So that means where I'm not satisfied, I may still be in love with what I believe or what I've been thinking or what I think is the truth. Philosophy. And Jesus came and said, repent, philosophers. And receive the philosophy of heaven. Look with me in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. The Amplified Bible says, Blessed is life, joy, satisfaction, God's favor, salvation, regardless of their outward conditions. You need to write Amplified Bible down because this is the true definition here. You're blessed, spiritually prosperous, long duration, something big, great, peace, prosperity, all these things, regardless of outward conditions. A disciple, watch this. A disciple is for, long, for eternally, long duration, completely, hugely, bigly satisfied in their spirits and hearts with Jesus, regardless of outward situations. You're fired. Your house burnt down. You've lost everything. Horrible news. But there's a peace inside that none of those things could give me that what's in me still can overwhelm what's happened on the inside. Regardless of outward circumstances, what shall separate me from the love of Jesus Christ? Shall death? Shall sickness? Shall poverty? Because he says, when you have received this blessedness. You're not going to quit when things get hard. You won't quit church when your sin gets found out. What happened to so-and-so? I can't tell you. Wait to the judgment seat. And I'll be, you'll be finding out about me and I'll be finding about you too. Why did they leave? What happened? What's this and that and the other? I'm not here to judge, but I am here to preach the Word. Change your way of thinking. Your thoughts, your actions, your habits, your character. Look at Matthew 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was saying, Change your mind of the way you've been thinking. Change your philosophy. Oh, I already told you that, didn't I? Oh, that, it was so good it had to be repeated. But it means we don't change. Listen, when you really got it, and it's not a philosophy, self-thinking, or man-taught, nobody's going to shake you away from the rock of your salvation, the anchor of your hope. Well, did you hear? I don't care what you're saying. I know what Holy Spirit has told me. I will not be moved. 
The anchor of hope of our salvation. Matthew uh, 4, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And His fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought unto Him all the sick people. And they were taken with divers diseases and torments and those who were possessed with devils and those that were lunatic and those that had palsy. And He healed them. And they followed Him a great multitude of people from Galilee, from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from all Jordan. Verse 1 of 5. And seeing the multitudes, He went up into a mountain and as He was sitting down, His disciples came unto Him and He opened His mouth and He taught them saying, He is the voice of authority. And when we receive it, we're transformed. Just write these Scriptures down. John 2.24 says, No man ever spoke as this man. No man ever caused so much trouble in all of Israel. No man ever got the religious people upset like this man did. No man can go into a synagogue and cause a deacon to manifest a devil. I've never seen a man who can make so many people mad at him, but the common people received him greatly. Blessed are the poor. Why? They're the ones who's hungry. And they're not satisfied with the great robes. And the words of men. Come on. No man ever spoke to this man. His voice. Listen. Church. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it, it will quicken your mortal bodies. Listen. The authority of his voice. If his voice raised the dead, when you hear his voice through his word, what can it do for you? What can the message of the kingdom do for you when you hear the authority of the one who's not quoting, but the one who is what he says he is? Mm. Look at Matthew 7. This is good. Matthew 7. Well, we already read that about he was one who had authority and did as the scribes and Pharisees. Uh, listen to this. John 6, 63. The words that I speak to your spirit and they are life. Luke 4, 22. The people marveled at the gracious words which proceeded from his mouth. Now, look at John 7. Um, look at John 7, 46. This is what I wanted to do. Look at this. This is what's going to happen in this Bible belt. The belt coming off. Look, look what happens here in John chapter 7, verse 46. Are you all there? I'm not. Okay. The officers, see, they had sent, the Pharisees had sent them to arrest Jesus. The revolutionist. The officers answered. What did they say about Jesus? Never man spake like this man. His own enemy said, we've never heard anything like this. If you want to arrest him, you go arrest him. I'm not touching him. 
Then answered them the Pharisees, Are you also deceived? We love our truths. We love our denomination. We love our doctrine. Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed on Him? Now they start turning on one another. Are you believing on this Jesus? But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Now he's trying to say Jesus is cursed because he doesn't know the law. But look, here was one. Nicodemus. How many remember Nicodemus? Nicodemus saith unto them, He that came to Jesus by night, being one of them, one of them who? That believed that Jesus is the Messiah. Doth our law judge any man before it hear him and know what he doeth? And they answered and said unto him, Are thou also a Galilee? Search and look for out Galilee. Ariseth no prophet, and every man went into his own house. They couldn't even come in agreement. Division. No unity. Because when there's many voices, you'll never come in agreement on the, unless, until we come in unity with the voice of the Lord of the house. You also believe in Him? Are you also being deceived? We love our doctrine. We love what we want. Let, let me give you a good example. How many, know, how many go to the store and they always check out your $20 bills? Why? Counterfeit. Why? A counterfeit bill looks like the original, but it's not backed up by the authority of the government. And religion may sound good and look good, and sometimes, once in a while, may feel good, but it's not backed up by the authority of the kingdom. How can you believe like them crazy fanatics? Because if you heard Jesus speak to you, and if you'd have a dream, and if you'd have a vision, and if you'd feel what I feel, you'd want to run and dance. I believe dancing in church is a sin. Then I'm just a sinner save my grace all over again. I believe there's no sense in raising your hands. Well, then you just be barren just like David's wife. Don't judge me how I worship my king. Because in heaven there will be no denominations, divisions, limitations. There will be no, well, Lord, I love what I believe. There will only be the belief of what He says that is. But I don't want to wait till then. I want it all now. Mark thirteen thirty one. Heaven and earth will pass away, but none of my words by no means will pass away. The kingdom is governed by the Sermon on the Mountain that we'll be getting into. It's his original message. Look at back at Matthew five, and I, I know I got to end here. Matthew five. Oh. Y'all enjoying this? I feel like I'm having fun all by myself. I bet you're saying, "Who are you mad at?" Man, this is power. Oh, this is mighty. This is marvelous. Oh, the word of God. Not religion. You see whose name was on our sign? Jesus! Matthew 5, 21. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother, I say unto you, without a call shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. And whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of the hell of fire. Now, that's an original message. The law says, I know what the law says, but now I say to you, are you going to love my words too? 
Are you going to cherish my words too? As much as you did of old? Amen. It was coming directly out of the mouth of the author of the word. What did God say? This is my son. Hear ye him. Hear ye him. This is my son. It all originated from him. And it's all going back to him. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. <laughs> Jesus came. No apologies. No qualifications. No wavering. This is the truth. I am the truth, the way, and the life. Oh, but don't you know, Jesus never apologized. Even before Pilate. We don't apologize for what we believe. We don't go to people and, 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 and put water on it and calm it down because it might make them upset. The truth is the truth. And we're not more advanced in this America that we live in and all the stuff that's going around in this country. And many people have roots of church, but they did not fall in love and hear them out of Jesus' own voice. John Stott wrote, If it is a word from God, it has authority over men. Mm. For behold, every word that anybody utters stands the person who speaks it. It is the speaker himself, his character, knowledge, and position who determines how people regard his words. So God's word carries God's authority. It is because of who he is that we believe what he said. Destroy this temple. <laughs> you didn't make it. You can't take it. Man didn't speak this word. Man can't put this word away. It's always the everlasting word of God. Now in Matthew 5, 2, he taught the word and they were astonished at his word. It's also the word, write this down and we'll finish here. It's the word dynamic. Dynamic. How many know that the word of faith which we preach is dynamic and it's working? The word dynamic, dynamic, it means that which is characterized by energy and force. Dynamic. Words that are characterized by energy and force. When he taught them, this is what it is saying. When he taught them and when he teaches us. If you're still the same. And if it doesn't move you, and if it doesn't change you, and it doesn't provoke you to good works, then you're still the same. Then you haven't heard the word from Jesus. Because if you hear the words from Jesus, you can't say the same, can't watch the same movies, can't eat this drink. Well, you can still eat the same stuff. You, but you can't do a lot of things you used to. You can't go in a bar and be comfortable. I don't care how dark the joint is. You can't be comfortable in there because what does light have with darkness? You can't sit there and watch the movies you used to watch because what fellowship has light with darkness? When you really hear the words of Christ, it provokes you to action in life. Why? Because His words is life. 
And the breath He breathed into Adam is what these words breathe within us. When you get something, listen, when you get the words of Christ, you've got to do something with it. And guess what that means? Disciple. A disciple can't just receive it and hold on to it. He's got to do something with it. So I believe in these next few weeks, there is going to be a burning zeal and an iron brand and a mark of the Holy Spirit over our lives. That the investment of the eternal Word of God is going to come on the inside of us and change us. And that our lives are going to speak louder than any words we would try to speak because the, the Word of God is alive. It's like a baby on the inside and it is moving and it is growing and it is nurturing and it is coming to full term for the manifestations of the sons of God. What the world is waiting to experience is here. The glorious church of Jesus Christ without spot and wrinkle. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Amen. You receive this. Praise the name of Jesus. Y'all don't mind me preaching some, huh? Man, I started studying this. I said, I can't teach that. I've got to preach it. Man, that's the words of Jesus. That's the words of my Savior. My King of kings and my Lord of lords. And guess what? Guess where we are today? Anybody gets angry? They stand in position of the judgment. Because Jesus said anger is just as bad as murder. So someone says, oh, that was offensive. Uh Uh-uh. That's the Word of God. Get over it. Fall out of love with what you believe. Fall out of love with yourself. And fall in love with Christ Jesus. Those listening by radio. Those deacons and elders listening by radio. Preachers in the woods, listen by radio. These are the words of Christ. Email me, send me dirty letters. These are the words of Christ. I, am a, I will die being known as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will too. I'm not backing up from being a follower. Of my, the one who died for me. If you be ashamed of me and my words, and my words, I'll be ashamed of you on that day. So you don't have to stand in that place of judgment for nobody else but yourself. So don't worry about the 70 who leave. You just make sure you're one of the twelve that stays. You make sure you're one of the eleven, not the betrayer. They're already gone. You make sure you're one of the beloved that lays your head on his breast and say, I've got to hear you. I've got to feel you. I've got to sense you. I've got to be like you. I've got to be around you. I've got to touch you. I've got to sense your presence. I've got to hear that you love me. And that I'm your beloved. And I'm accepted. I've got to hear it from you. It doesn't matter what the others think and the others do or the others say. I'm laying on your breast because you are my Savior. 
I'm your disciple. Just like you said, you'll never leave me or forsake me. I make the vow back, Father. I won't ever leave you or forsake you. I do not expect you to be with me if I can't expect of myself to be with you and be a follower of you. We surrender tonight. We count it an honor and a privilege to lay our lives down. That you be Lord over our lives. And forgive us for any area that we still may be in a way, area of philosophy of loving what we believe, loving what we know, loving what we understand, loving what we think. More than loving what you think, what you believe and what you know. But here tonight, we lay ourselves fresh and new before you. Counted worthy by the blood and called from our mother's womb <laughs> to be your disciples. Bless these disciples tonight. I thank you for these precious, precious people who've, who always ask for the truth. And they don't want it any other way. I thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. We love you. We bless you. If you need prayer, we will be here tonight. If you need to come to these altars to pray, we got this music on. If you want to pray where you are, there's no hurry to go home. If you go home, pray. Get on your face before God. And please be here Sunday morning as we get into some precious more of the Word of God. God bless you and we love you. Amen. Tell one another you love them.